Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. And my name is Peter, full stop. Oh, oh. where's she gone? Oh no, where is she? I can't find uh, her. Ashton's not feeling too well today, so nah. she's uh, she's taking the day off. So yeah. it's just uh, it's just the old the old team back together. Ugh. All right, gross. Oh. None of that sensible influence of a third who wants, party. Who wants that? Can't can't wait to be uh, inadvertently boy focused this entire yeah. time without a female perspective. Mm-hmm. That's what Indeed. we're going to do here. How have you been since the game of the year show? This is our first proper show of 2022. Oh yeah, well you're right, aren't you? Yeah, uh, I've I've been good. I've played. I've not played that much. Uh, I didn't play that many games over the the Christmas break itself because I spent almost all of it at my uh, my family home. Hmm. Um, but uh, I've I've played some stuff since then, since coming back. So nice. yeah, there might be quite a lot for for us collectively to get through on what we're playing. It's just as well Ashton's not here, I suppose. Oh, thank good secretly, thank goodness, right? Yes. And now outwardly. Uh yeah, I play I mean we'll talk about it when we get to what we plan. I played mm. so much over the break that I've sort of just just I'm I don't think I can talk about it all really. So I'm just going to mm. focus on what I've played for the past week. Uh but all the right. party games basically, all of them, every single yeah. one of them in existence. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing I was thinking about, actually, Peter, is that this is episode 149 and we didn't get to do episode 100 properly because we were working from home and we're going to get to 150 and we're back at home and we're not yeah. going to be able to celebrate again properly. That's right. For episode 100, did we actually, did we, did we still record it? We didn't do a poddy it and, and completely and leave just it out. skip it. No, no, we did do an episode and we but had we special didn't messages, anything. didn't we, from, uh, oh, from yeah. esteemed video game veterans, you know? That's right. Yeah, we did. They were real um, and everyone loved them. Mm. That's for sure. So pff, next week probably won't be a special episode. I mean, no. Ashton uh, does a lot of prep work for the podcast now that she's part of the team. So maybe she'll come up with something astounding. But off the top of my head, I can't think of much we can do remotely, really. No. Um, well, I just have to wait for episode 200. Um, oh. But, you know, the Zeta variant might have, oh, might have no. reared its head by then. I'm so. not ready. Not ready no. for that. 
Well, this is our video game podcast. Each and every week we talk all about video games. That's mm. right. That's what we do here. And also each and every week we're sponsored by a very, 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 very real video game adjacent sponsor. I have the ad read in front of me here. Are you ready? I'm so ready. So we've been sponsored this week by uh, a television show, actually. Um, and it's kind of weird. Maybe they're trying to break into the UK slash European market. Uh, but right. it's it comes from an American mobile network like mobile phone network um and they're launching a new kids tv cooking competition right early next month there are a lot of things at play here i'm interested okay here we go you ready yeah so this new television show it's called verizon fork children best i'll say that again for you right yeah verizon verizon fork children best Fork children best. Fork children best. So it's sort of like Verizon presents. Yeah. Fork children. Fork children best. best. Because it's a competition, right? You see? Do you see? I do. do. You see? I, it's excellent. Fork children best. Verizon. Yes. Um, Fork children soon. best. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm so glad that that's a real thing. Yeah. Oh, no, it's totally uh, real. It's uh, It's coming soon to streaming platforms maybe and it's not real it's not real i'm oh, sorry okay oh. sorry to get everyone's Jeez. hopes up there about the verizon fork children best fork cooking children competition best. tv show but it's not real actually uh right. sorry about that um i'll tell you what is real though mm-hmm. our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump as little as one dollar per month you can submit questions to this show take part in other things like our game of the year show last week uh all of that was patreon voted as in not our choices but theirs uh, and you can get involved you can get stuck in loads of other tiers available all sorts of rewards do consider yeah. going and supporting us there if you can hmm. there's another way you can support us as well that's by heading to facebook.com forward slash team triple jump and liking slash following the page it's really important that you do that it will massively help us out financially mm-hmm. and algorithm wise so Please do genuinely do it. I know we've said it that much now that it's probably just white noise at this yeah. point. But if you haven't actually gone to our Facebook page and clicked follow, it will honestly be a huge help. So please do. It will. It genuinely yeah. will. And you've you've all done fantastically so far. When we first started promoting it, we were on like two and a half thousand likes. And now we, we're past seven. So we're getting there. We really are. And we're, we're projected yeah. to hopefully get there sort of March, April time. Unless everybody steps up who hasn't already. It's free. It costs nothing. And you never have to interact with a single post we ever do there. In case you hadn't heard, basically when we get to 10,000, we can monetize our video content. We've got a lot of video content on YouTube that we can repurpose. Mm-hmm. It'll genuinely really, really help us out and help our business. And we will be able to pay James at the time of recording. It's his birthday. And he's still without a pay check sort of yeah. three years into working here nearly three years working for triple jump and he's not been paid yet so so your birthday present dear listener to james jenkins can be going and liking our facebook page yeah or following it please yeah. please do it okay well uh should we move on to our questions yes uh this is from ma lee lee Lee, uh, who says, hey, uh, hey, hope this new year treats you well. What's a weird genre mashup that you would like to see in games like a horror beat em up? Oh, thank you very much, Ma. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ma. Uh, t- I, I kind of I struggled with this for a while because I was trying to think of stuff and I was like, mm, I think that might have been done. Like, for example, I thought it might be fun to have like a rhythm action um 
uh, sort of uh, adventure game, like a dungeon crawler, but that exists in um, Crypt of the Necrodancer, mm. you know? I always thought that I'd, I'd, I'd kind of... not not trying to blow my own trumpet here, but <laughs> I always thought uh, that something like that would work quite well, and then that game came out, because I used to play a lot of um, the, the roguelike Dungeons of Dreadmoor, um, which every time you move like one tile or do an attack, then the rest of the world updates by one move. So it is kind of a turn-based thing, but it's, you know, you can be, you can just hold left or right and walk nonstop. And as you're doing it, like the world is constantly going like, put, 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 updating in the background with every tile that you move. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I remember thinking like, oh yeah, you could do that in a, in a rhythm form. So there were a few things I was thinking of and I kind of, I kind of struggled for a while, but I, I quite like the idea of it's a little bit I, I know last year I talked a lot about uh, playing Orcs Must Die I got back on the back on the Orcs wagon um, because the third one came out and this is kind of similar to that but I think a bit more in depth I quite like the idea of um, a game it's like a multiplayer game and it's a, a top down world builder thing so you make something like it's like Dungeon Keeper so you build this entire uh, level um, with traps and enemies and stuff. Uh, and then your opponent, your, your human opponent, then has to navigate through that in third person hack and slash mode. Okay. You know, So, I mean, that, it wouldn't surprise me if that already exists as well. But I'm not aware of a specific game in which you can do that. So you're kind of creating an entire level, including like building the, the corridors and the rooms and stuff, which you can't do in Orcs Must Die. In Orcs Must Die, you just place down, you know, arrow walls and stuff, but you build like entire mazes and things with uh, traps and monsters and stuff like that. And then while they're moving through it, maybe there are things you can do from from top down in real time as well. Like you can activate certain things or, you know, use abilities, change the weather effects um so yeah kind of a a world builder versus uh just a a third person kind of action adventure uh sort of thing uh and literally versus in that sense where one of you has one and one of you hasn't has the other it would be kind of in a way like a nice uh uh, not an isometric an asymmetrical uh asymmetric multiplayer game um yeah i think that could be fun and i'm sure that probably exists so if it does let us know in the comments and i'll probably have a go (laughs) It's like when you create a theme park uh, in those park builder games and then you yeah. get to go into first person and walk around your park, except someone's trying to kill you. Yeah, it's just like that. And yeah. in those theme park games, you know, you really you only get to go around your own theme park and just go, oh, yeah, that, that's the thing that I made. Yeah, there's that <laughs> other thing. Whereas this, there'll be all kinds of surprises around every yeah. corner. Yeah, so like a combination of a theme park builder and also that uh, kind of rubbish multiplayer game that came with Resi 3, where one of you is in control of the the sort of oh, yeah. almost, what would you call it, an escape room almost? Yeah, that the other players I never even played through. that because oh, I just heard how rubbish it was. Yeah, it wasn't great. There were some nice ideas in there, uh, but mm-hmm. you know they could be done much better in what you're pitching. Yeah, I think so. Uh, what about you? Have you got an even better pitch? Oh, I don't know. I also struggled with this because you're right. There are some, especially in the indie space, pretty much mm. every genre mashup, mashup imaginable has been has been done uh, to, yeah. well, some to better effect than others. Uh, but what I would like 
is a comedy horror game or more comedy horror games. Okay, yeah. You sort of... I suppose you saw more of these coming out of Japan sort of during the 360 PS3 era, I would say, where it's like it's very violent and gory and there are, I suppose, horror elements, but the levity of the tone and the ridiculousness of it kind of took away the spook factor. Yeah. Um, so what I'm pitching is a, a kind of mashup of the constant conversation and banter found in Guardians of the Galaxy mm. with the abject horror of a dead space so oh my god nothing okay, yeah. too convoluted puzzle wise because i feel like that really sucks the momentum out of all the horror games i've ever played and admittedly i haven't played that many because they're not really my bag uh, mm. but just enough spooks to keep me on my toes and enough chatter to make me feel safe <laughs> and entertained at the same time yeah. like yeah this is horrifying but all the characters you're with are like wow this is horrifying isn't it god so stupid hey your hair looks dumb today and then you have a choice and it's like no the hair doesn't look dumb or yes the hair does look dumb and if you say that they won't save you from a saw trap later on you know yeah something yeah. like that but you know until dawn but funny almost right yeah i like that that sounds good um i good. years ago i played the deadpool game on steam okay um and Overall, I didn't really like it that much, but I did quite enjoy, and of course, it's Deadpool. I enjoyed the the fourth wall breaking. Mm -hmm. There was so much where I think even, I mean, I might be misremembering this, but certainly in the cutscenes, there was a lot of him just looking down the lens and like talking to you and saying like, huh, video games, eh? <laughs> uh, but I think even when you were in game, like fighting and, you know, shooting people, he would sometimes just peek over his shoulder and, and glance at you while you were doing that and i think there could be i don't i don't necessarily like huh, video games oh better i gotta collect uh 10 10 of these now and give them to that guy now don't i because video games i'm not so into that yeah but just generally, does that a lot doesn't it yeah yeah but i don't mind people sort of looking down the lens and kind of going really and you know just making little asides and i think maybe more of that i'm not even saying it in relation to to your answer just then but yeah. it just made me think like you know horror games with that or i mean well any, almost anything it could work if you if it's like a a game with some kind of levity and you've got uh, a, a protagonist that you kind of you know an endearing protagonist and they're mm -hmm. just kind of talking to you a little bit and going oh geez not more of this huh um, yeah, I think that can sometimes be quite enjoyable in the right setting. It does sound a little bit like the kind the kind of stuff that went on in the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Like Rocket mm. is, is telling you to go check all the batteries, and you're muttering to yourself, "Yeah, like, oh, go check all the batteries, go scan this, go scan, you know that kind of thing." Where it's not necessarily fourth wall breaking, but it is acknowledging like here's some busy work, and your character is yeah. not thrilled about having to do it either. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, I like that stuff. Well, there we are. Yeah. There's a couple of definite game of the game of the year award winners right there. Absolutely, almost yeah. certainly. Just just you wait until 2025 when they've been developed. Yeah, um, yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be great. Depending yeah. on which uh, which variant we're up to at that point, we'll see how many mm, delays yeah. there are. Fantastic. It's time to move on, Peter. Yeah, to a section we've never done before, right? Oh, okay. I hope Ashton won't mind that she's missing out. Nah, it should be fine. Hmm. It's called. What we playing? Oh, okay. 
It's what we play in time. Time to talk about what we play in. Peter Austin, what have you been playing? I did play one bit of party game family. St- in fact, I did two. Uh, I just remembered. But the one I, I was thinking of was um, I was at the the in-laws house uh, just before Christmas. I spent Christmas and uh, the, some of the time after that at, at my family. But uh, mm. we were at the in-laws before. And uh, <laughs> they got a... PS5 for Christmas. Oh. Wow! So they've got some kids who are a, a, a bit younger than me and my partner, and uh, it was oh, it was very exciting. What they did was they uh, his parents wrapped up a couple of PS5 games, and he opened them. And uh, his dad said to him, "Now, yeah, I know you've been asking me, like asking us all year, if we can get one, and we've just not been able to find one. Those games are for when we can." track one down like next year or whatever so you know they're just kind of a preemptive present and he was like very he was okay with it It was like oh okay no problem and in the middle of the room there was this big box and i'd been told the day before i'll wait until you see what we've got in for christmas tomorrow Mm -hmm. i I hadn't been told what it was and i was looking at this box i was like that's a ps5 right there i know that's a (laughs) ps5 wrapped up uh, and it had a tag on that had this that had his mum's name on it and not his so he couldn't he, he didn't even know it was for him and then at the end they were like why don't you open that one like we've we've all opened plenty of presents you can open that even though it's for your mum it was a ps5 inside wow what it, blood sacrifice did they do to get that i don't know they got lucky i guess and uh i think he bought it i think it was second hand but new it was like i guess someone had flipped it but it was not um seemingly not any more expensive than uh what you would pay just getting it from a retailer so um oh, i don't know they nice. got lucky certainly anyway that's a little aside um with that they got him a couple of ps5 games but also um for the family there was a copy of the ps4 game hasbro family fun pack oh okay we talking digital monopoly uh we are i don't know if it okay. actually i think it does have monopoly it's got risk um Trivial Pursuit, and then I think mm-hmm. the other one was Monopoly. So we ended up playing Trivial Pursuit, but it was actually quite good. I'm not a big fan of Trivial Pursuit, but there are all these different game modes and stuff. So it's not just the the basic game. It was, mm. you know, all kinds of rule variants that you can do. And yeah, it was it was all right. Quite enjoyed, quite enjoyed it. It was a, a family experience. Um, nice. Then at uh, my family's house, we played a little bit of Jackbox um which was you know as enjoyable as it always is um although you have to maybe temper some of the things that you might have written amongst friends when yeah, mom and do, grandma are there you have to behave yeah um i've been playing guardians of the galaxy uh mm-hmm. since we last podcast it well since uh since before uh yeah since 2021 uh ended um and i'm thoroughly enjoying that i've not quite finished it but uh you know, we talked a lot about that on the Game of the Year, Year podcast, so I've already really given my thoughts. But yeah, just enjoying the the chatter and the, you know, just catching up with people on the ship. Um, the one thing I'm not a big fan of is the, the combat. I kind of wish that I had more of a pivotal role rather than just commanding people who are way more powerful than me. But um, that's really my only gripe. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a big old fun time. Um, and I've also played a little bit more Crash Bandicoot 4 again. I, I think I said a couple of episodes ago that I just picked that up because it had been uh, picked it up again because it had uh, been a while since I played it. Um, and uh, I'm now reaching that point where it's getting hard again towards the end of the game. And I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, this this game is tough. I'm not 
I'm not not enjoying it, but I'm just feeling like I've got a lot of other stuff that I need to work through on on my PS5. So maybe I should just put this aside again now because it's just taking a lot of time and uh, I've already played it. I know what happens. Uh, so, you know, I might I might sort of leave that for a bit now, but I've enjoyed going back to that. And man, I love the soundtrack of that game. It's really good. Brilliant yeah. game. Nice. Uh, so that's mostly what I've been playing since two episodes ago. Lovely. How about you? Uh, well, apart from all the party games, and I will shout out one actually because I had a few people over for New Year's, which was lovely. And mm. uh, the smash hit was Stick Fight the Game, which is really fun. It's oh, available yeah. on PS4 now. I think it's on Switch. It's definitely been on PC for a while, I think. And it's just four player kind of chaos. You you know, it's last person standing. It's super simple, so anyone can play. Extra jump and then one button to hit and there's a button to block, although nobody ever blocks. You fall off the stage, you're out. You get knocked out, you're out. Every so often, a gun will drop in, but it, you know there's no violence or in the sense that there's no gore or blood or anything mm. like that. And then as soon as someone wins, the stage just rearranges itself and you're immediately on the next one. So it just keeps going for as long as you can be asked, basically. And, you know, if you've got a few people there, you just pass the controller when you die or whatever. And it's just super fun. Very, very stupid. And uh, I would recommend it if you want to play it with people Hmm. uh, as a a fun little party game. Uh, The main thing I've been playing the past week or so, firstly, Back 4 Blood. I finally uh, jumped into the full game there, the Left 4 Dead spiritual successor. It's it's good, and I'll, mm. I'll I'll sort of leave it there because while I wasn't on the Left 4 Dead train at the time because I didn't have the right platform, I'm very aware of that game's legacy, and I have played it since. Um, and it just uh, even <clears throat> excuse me, even having not played Left 4 Dead, I I know that Back 4 Blood doesn't live up to those expectations, and those expectations are sky high, obviously, because it never got a third game. That being Left 4 Dead, and a lot of people wanted it to, even though it's the same developer. Yeah. Uh, they've got this card system where every act or every round of an act, you know, whatever it's called, the end of a stage, basically, you get given a new card from your custom deck and you can buy more cards and they'll do things like give you more health. You get extra, you get 10% extra stamina when you get hit for this amount of damage. And the card system is a nice way of sort of changing things up, but it's also kind of tedious because it's a card system and i don't really care about that yeah i'd almost rather have sort of uh especially as the cards are meant to be you know just for one run and if you start a new run you you start from scratch with your cards why not have just sort of an a light rpg system where you just put skill points into like a tree and just build your character as you want it to that way i know the card is functionally functionally the same but there's just something about card mechanics that i'm just not a fan of um And I think that's meant to be the big replayability factor as well, is that you want to go through with different decks and do it on different difficulties. But honestly, I'm two-thirds of the way through it now, having played it for a few nights this week, and I know that as soon as I finish it, it's a one-and-done game for me. Like, unless I've been playing it with a friend, unless I can get more friends to play it with and play through it again with a full complement of my friends... It's just not something I think I'm ever going to go back to. And that's a real shame because it it looks the part. Some of the textures are a bit wonky, especially for a native PS5 version, supposedly. 
Um, it's it's funny, like even just the word, the the term card system. If like the system was exactly as it is, but they just didn't call it that, I would mm. dislike it slightly less. But the moment <laughs> someone calls something a card system, I'm like, oh wow, I hate that even more than I probably I would. Why is that? Because that's because I'm exactly the same, and mm. I don't know really why. I don't know if it's just because there was that huge explosion. Because there's there's some really really popular card based games, especially on mobile your hearthstone mm. that kind of stuff and it just those games are so not for me and they're so popular that maybe there's just an element of maybe there's an element of psychology almost yeah. where it just it's just everything's guilty by association like oh bloody bloody card systems boo uh well, it's like even in, in like battlefront 2 which i have said many times now i i quite enjoyed despite all of its controversy the the abilities that you had as as heroes in that when you're running around as a, a Jedi or whatever using the Force, they were called car- like star cards. And I don't know why why put the word card in there. It just made them, it sort of tainted them and made them feel even worse than, again, like a worse system than it was. Like they were just abilities. It was like press L1 to Force Choke. But no, press L1 to use your Force Choke star card and then wait for it to... <laughs> to just cool down like i don't know why you would call it that it, mm. it just really puts me off yeah it's weird i um i understand how it works and mm-hmm. that's fine and my custom deck is called anton deck because you know Excellent. what else was i gonna call it uh but yeah it's it's good fun and i'm i'm enjoying it and i enjoy playing it it does recycle a lot of the same locations i will say that i've been uh, to the okay. same location in three separate stages now which is kind of a shame mm. uh but yeah i'm i'm enjoying it for the most part <laughs> yeah you you buy more cards but they're always in like a, a a specific set so it's almost like they've managed to include some kind of battle pass kind of thing but they haven't to be clear but it works kind of the same where you you earn currency by finishing these missions and then you can talk to someone in in their camp like your home base and everything that you can unlock in a certain chain is it it basically if you want a skin for your character you have to start spending your points to unlock characters uh, unlock stuff in a certain uh i don't know um order so it'll be like you need to start the the camp uh oh god i'm it's really hard to explain (laughs) the the camp set and the first one will cost 10 and it'll be a, a spray of an element that you can put on your graffiti that you can put right, down. Yeah. Then one will be maybe a weapon skin. One will be a card. And you have to unlock them in sequence. And the end one is usually the most expensive and sometimes it will be a character skin. So you can't just outright buy the skins you want for the character that you like the most. And that seems like a missed opportunity there because I'm having to pour all my points into things that I have no control over really, which is kind of... A shame as well again it in it's meant to encourage that replayability but really you know i'm, I'm gonna finish it and then never never play again which is a mm. shame uh, but yeah. it's still fun though if you can get some friends together uh, the been, other uh, just while we're on the mm. subject i've been desperately googling in the background there because uh, on twitter recently i saw that the, the developer for i'm 99.5 percent sure it was back for blood it may have been a different game but the the lead developer um made this claim where because of you know it it's not gone down super well 
is certainly like the public perception i think of its success hasn't been that good um he he tweeted saying uh, actually looking at the stats uh, back for blood sold just as much as and then it was it was some other like pretty successful game of 2021 um and then i think within like hours or days uh it turned out that like his his uh stats for that came from a website that counted it didn't count sales it counted like uh oh i don't even know so you've only got half a story here but i'm desperately trying Trophies to find it like i know i know exactly what you're talking about it's a right. different zombie game it was oh, is it? um it was days gone versus oh, ghost it was of tsushima days gone. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. which is tsushima, a weird news yeah. in and of itself uh, yeah. yeah, that game was done dirty as well, to be fair. But that guy has really been popping off on, on Twitter recently. Yeah, and it, it was it wasn't even counting sales like this this source that he had. It was like it was something like counting active players, but again, that's kind of the same thing. But it, it was something like that. It was like, trophies, trophies unlocked. Oh yeah, trophies unlocked. I think, and like based on that, he sort of extrapolated how yeah. how many players there were or how successful the game was and uh people were like no 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 it, it i'm afraid it's not as <laughs> done as well as ghost of tsushima so yeah no you're right yeah, it was days gone I, there was a little bit of doubt in my mind that it would maybe be a <laughs> that's different you were Googling game. It. Yeah. yeah no well there we are it's yeah i don't know how well this game's done i hope it's done well hmm. i just don't clearly turtle rock studios the, the developer maybe d- I don't want to. I don't want to be rude, but like I just don't know if they're up to the task, really, because they they did Left 4 Dead, and then they went and did Evolve, and that was not good. And then this is they went back to Zombies, and it's as good as World War Z, which came out of left field from a completely different developer who'd never done this before. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe a game like Left 4 Dead just doesn't work in this climate, or maybe it was the Valve the Valve oversight that made Left 4 Dead so special. I'm not entirely they, sure. They've just been purchased, haven't they, Turtle Rock? Um, Have they? By uh, by Tencent. Oh, which, good. Okay. Yeah. Gotta love so, that Chinese communist money. More yeah. of it. Brilliant. Uh, very, quite a controversial uh, company, Tencent. Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, there we are. That's Back for Blood. Uh, the other game, very quickly, is The Medium, uh, which of oh, course yeah. was a launch game for the Xbox series and is now on PS5. I played it on Game Pass, and God, I'm gonna. I'm. Why are these guys always so negative? I didn't like it at all. I thought uh-huh. it was thought it was really sort of ropey and cheap and went on way too long. The story was convoluted and strange. It didn't control well. It doesn't even look that good, really. Mm. Um, I am absolutely astonished, shocked, and a little bit frightened that seemingly, based on things that were coming out a few months ago, Bloober Team, the developer, have been handed the keys maybe to Silent Hill, which is shocking to Mm. me, because as in my limited experience with them, I've not played Layers of Fear, which by all accounts is pretty good. I I don't think they're... I don't think they've made a fantastic game. I am shocked that they would... They would be given the keys to such an iconic franchise, potentially. I just think it's astonishing. I was so underwhelmed by the medium that I I just I just don't think it's a good idea to give this team anything other than their own IP. I don't know yeah. why you would. Why would you do it? I must say, when I saw the medium at whatever it was, at E3 maybe or something, um, I yeah, I, I took one look at it and thought that's not really for me. It just looks a bit. A bit abstract and weird, and yeah, I, I don't think I was ever going to give that a go. So, 
Can't say I'm surprised to hear that you you weren't a fan. I hope uh, they make a good game if they do mm. end up getting Silent Hill. Yeah. But they also have the potential to make a middling Silent Hill game that kills that franchise for another decade. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just, I think it's shocking that they would be let anywhere near that. Uh, the medium does have its fans, though, and it does, too, it does do some interesting things with the alternate reality. You can have two realities at once, like side by side, yeah. rendered at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but also the frame rate just like drops to nothing at various points. It's, it's honestly kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, <laughs> I was not impressed <laughs> by the medium at all, but uh, I did finish it, and that's all I'll say about the medium. Okay, fair enough. There we are. Uh, Shall we move on to question two? Let's. This comes from Samuel Benson, who says, Howdy, Bap. I'm new to streaming. You're the only streamers I watch currently. And I was wondering what you think makes a game ideal for streaming. What should it have? What should it not have? Hmm. Thank you, Samuel Benson. Thank you. It's something we've touched on in the past, I think. But uh, certainly for me, I almost always play games that I'm very familiar with. Uh, for streaming, I don't like the idea of an audience having to watch me flail around, like getting stuck on, in particularly in a game that might be quite puzzle heavy or you know quite open, and you might not know exactly where you need to go next, or a game that's maybe quite challenging. Um, you know, I, I don't like the thought of lingering on any given area or puzzle for for too long when you're trying to hold an audience. So I think that helps. I think also knowing a game well means that you're probably more likely to be able to chat and kind of fill the air a little bit while you're playing. Whereas if it's a game you're not that familiar with, you might have to really focus a bit more. Mm. Um, not that, I mean, there's a lot of streamers who don't don't talk that much. They really just like sit down, play the game, um, you know, occasionally do a little aside to the chat and see what people are saying, but they, they, they do kind of play fairly quietly. And that's its own thing. People can, you know, should should stream how they want to stream. Um, but yeah, in my experience, I always play, I, I generally play something that I know well, or at least I, I have no fear that I'm going to be getting stuck. Um, but other than that, I think there are certain genres that probably, uh, translate to streaming better. Um, I know you'll agree with me here, Ben, that something that's quite story heavy and has cutscenes and dialogue that you're going to want to listen to and the audience is going to want to listen to um it can be you know alerts like with donations and bits and subscriptions are always of course very uh you know appreciated it's good to see them it means people are supporting you but it also means that sometimes a robot lady is talking over the top of a crucial Mm -hmm. bit of story information so uh if you've if a streamer has any kind of loud or long alert sound or text-to-speech enabled, I think it's sometimes a good idea to avoid something that's got a lot of cutscenes. Or at least, you know, maybe you should be picking games that allow you to pause in the cutscenes, which, which most games allow you to do now. But perhaps if you're a retro streamer, um, you, you might not want to play a game that doesn't allow you to pause your cutscenes when those cutscenes might be quite important. So yeah. uh, those are a couple of pointers from me. No, absolutely. I completely agree. I I try to avoid playing something I've never played before. I've done it a few times. We've we've both done it a few times. Yeah, like we if, have. if uh if if a new game's just come out that we're playing and we want to like show a bit on stream, we'll play the first two hours or or what have you. Mm. But yeah, it's it's a challenge because you 
I don't want to play a game on stream that I am, <clears throat> excuse me, interested in mm. that I've not played before because I want to pay attention to it and I want to absorb it and experience it properly. I will forever be in awe. And I think this, again, people underestimate what it takes to be a streamer of video games, especially if you're, you know, you're a fan of video games and a game you're excited for comes out. It's a very difficult line to walk to be able to be entertaining while also absorbing everything about a video game you're interested in at the yeah. same time. I don't know how people do that. I can't do it. I want no. nobody talking at me. I want to just be playing this game and experiencing it for myself. So yes, I will regularly play games that I have played already, or if it's the opening two hours of a game, I will hopefully have already played those two hours elsewhere before. Well, yeah, that's that's what I do. Is I do the the classic, what they say about high school teachers is you don't have to be good at history or whatever as long as you are one week ahead of the class that you are teaching no yeah, one that's wanna. true so i if there's a new game that i do want to stream the entirety of uh, i will just try and stay ahead at home so i'll be playing two runs of it at the same time yeah i think i might have done for resident evil uh last year um and crash 4 as well the year before it's quite tiring mm. um I've I've rarely done a full playthrough of a sort of more contemporary game. Um, and there have been some occasions like with, I'm trying to think of a specific example, but there were, a, there were a few last year, certainly, where I streamed the opening two hours of them or maybe 2020, whichever year was last year. I can't remember anymore. Uh, and I, I played the opening two hours at home, enjoyed them, did a quip scope on it, then did a stream of the opening two hours, and then I just sat there like, oh, I've played these opening two hours so much and talked about them so much that I kind of can't be asked to keep playing. And it's sort of, there's this weird mental barrier you have to overcome to then just mm. keep playing it, which is really weird. Um, the one, I am kind of scared, honestly, about streaming Elden Ring because that game is going to be long and open-ended and I intend I intend to stream it, but it's not like Demon's Souls where I was able to just sort of fly ahead and I'd played it before yeah. and I platinumed it before before I even did my first stream. So I was like, okay, I know exactly what's going on here. Elden Ring is going to be... I don't know how I'm going to handle doing two side-by-side -side playthroughs of that because I will be. I'll have to. And that's mm. going to be... Yeah interesting to say the least but you know that's that you just got to sort of style it out um you also want to make sure if a game has lots of licensed music in it especially contemporary yeah. games that they have some kind of streamer friendly mode or that you turn the music option all the way off which again is kind of rubbish because it takes so much away from so many games uh and yeah it's a real shame that's true it's a real shame but um, yeah yeah I'd, I'd recommend if you're looking for something to stream a lot of people are variety streamers and they'll play all sorts of stuff. But you and I, or we here on Triple Jump, we tend to start a game and see it through. Usually we tend yeah, to, unless it's a new speaking. game that's just come yeah. out and we want to just show the first couple of hours off. Um, but I would recommend picking a game that you know well and that you're comfortable playing and talking over and explaining to people. Because I find, and I'm sure you're the same, Peter, I get a lot of enjoyment out of, especially with the Souls games, just sort of explaining them as I go to yeah, sort of oh, layman's definitely. terms to people who don't really understand i'm sure you do the same with crash yeah well and i quite like talking about if, if, if i know anything about sort of the behind the scenes or the development like oh yeah in, here's an interesting thing like th this guy used to actually be a squirrel and but now he's a, a bear or you know whatever you know it's i think it can be quite interesting yeah um 
Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a couple of games, contemporary, well, yeah, new releases this year that I'm going to, I think, probably going to be playing in full on stream. Certainly Lego Star Wars, um, assuming that comes out, and possibly <laughs> um, Hogwarts Legacy as well. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that, again, might end up being quite open-ended and it might have hours and hours and hours of gameplay in it, so perhaps I won't, but um, I'm certainly considering it. So, And that's just two that I can think of. There might be more as well. So, yeah. Yeah. It's something to, yeah, you have to, it can be a bit overwhelming or you can get a bit uh, overfaced playing two runs of it side by side. Yep, you can. Best of luck yeah. with your streaming adventures though, Samuel. Mm, yeah, all the best, Samuel. Thank you for the question. Well, it's time to move on to something a little strange, Peter. It is. I'm just going to reach over here and fetch the strange thing. Um, yes, indeed. It's uh, it's strange. It's unusual. Yep. It's odd. It's mm-hmm. weird. It's weird it's news. Time for weird news. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's weird news time, time for some weird news. This week's weird news is brought to us by our podcast producers. If you'd mm. like to become a podcast producer, go to stream... No, 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 not that one. No, not go that one. To, <laughs> uh, go to patreon.com forward slash... Team Triple, Team Triple Jump. Jump. And there'll be a tier there where you can become a podcast producer and get your name read out at this point in the podcast. You'll be the sponsor of Weird News. Uh, do you want to kick us off, Peter? I, I do want to kick us off. Uh, thank you to Checkered Omega. Sean Legg. Trick24. Evan Breidenbach. Fred Cartwright slash G.Y. Goliath. Ellie Nicholas. Erica Hutchinson. Melody L. Bonnet. Harrison Kalman. Dylan. Gabrielle Philippink. Katie Garrett, Alex McDonald, and Caden Argonox, which is an, which is a Star Wars name, I think. Right. Okay. I is that I mean, a Star Wars name? I mean, it it's it could be, but I... Caden Argonox, Agri- or maybe a Mortal Kombat fighter. Agronox, I think it is. Oh man, sorry, Agronox. Oh. That's still good though. I like how you're sorry for mispronouncing it, but not sorry for saying you've Kaden got a Star Wars Agronox. name. <laughs> no, but that's a cool name. It is a cool it's a, name. It's, it's a, a cool really cool name. name. Anyone who's got an X in their name is instantly pretty cool. I think. Agronox. Agronox. 
I like um, it. It's good stuff. Or it's Thank like a, you. A Greek hero, maybe. Yeah, Agronox. Uh, anyway <laughs> anyway anyway uh, that's your podcast producers thank you everyone for being a podcast producer that list love is you very slowly much. growing we do love you very much yeah yeah you're fantastic you lot oh, me. Peter yes got some weird news well yeah talking of long lists I've got a weird news that was sent in by many many people so sorry yes. that I can't name you all but because um, I would accidentally miss some of you out uh, so I'm not going to name anyone but thank you to everyone who sent this to us tagged us in this DM'd it to me and so on uh, this is a write up from the BBC of all oh. places uh, but you'll find this all over the internet Pokemon Go Police fired for chasing Snorlax instead of robbers. Mm. Mm. Two Los Angeles police officers were fired for chasing Pokemon rather than fleeing robbers, court documents show. The pair were parked nearby when a radio call came in for officers to respond to a shop robbery, but a review of their uh, in-car camera footage shows they had been playing Pokemon Go and chose to pursue a nearby Snorlax, a relatively rare catch, says the BBC, instead of providing backup. The pair denied playing the game but were sacked after an investigation. Oh, no. And there's a little subheading, because, of course, the BBC has to appeal to all age groups across the UK and, well, worldwide. And it just says, virtual creatures. Oh, virtual creatures. Mm. I love those. Details of the case emerged when the most recent documents about their appeal, which was dismissed, were spotted by Axios, which I guess is another outlet. I'm not very familiar with Axios. Uh, After ignoring a radio call for backup... For appro- this is a quote now. For approximately the next 20 minutes, video captured the petitioners discussing Pokemon as they drove to different locations where the virtual creatures apparent, uh, apparently appeared on their mobile phones, the documents say. Uh, Luis Lozano and Eric Mitchell had been on patrol when Macy's department store was robbed on the 15th of April, 2017. So it's quite an old... Uh, story this that they but they've only just appealed it I think Uh, another officer Captain Davenport who also heard the call could see the shop and another police car parked in a nearby alley the court documents show those nearby officers did not respond to the call so Captain Davenport did so himself and saw the other police car reverse down the alley and leave the area The two officers later told a sergeant who who had been trying to contact them to provide backup that they had not heard the radio, but the in-car camera footage revealed they had discussed the call and decided not to respond. Instead, five minutes later, they could be heard talking about catching Pokemon. Officer Mitchell alerted Lozano that Snorlax just popped up at 46th and Limert, the documents say. The pair then left in that direction to embark on a 20-minute gaming session and discussion. They could be heard talking about the successful capture of Snorlax and how difficult the battle with Togetic, another Pokemon, was. Togetic. Togetic. (laughs) I can't say I'm familiar with Togetic. Togetic is good. Togetic. What's the pun there? What is it? Do you know? Uh, It's the the evolution of Togepi. Uh, Togepi. Oh, Togepi. Oh, well, yeah. I know that one. Or maybe. Oh, there's there's like a precursor to Togepi. No, no. It is, like, yeah. Togepi's just looked it up. Got a couple uh, of evolutions, I think. It looks like a Togepi. Uh, oh, there's... Yes. Oh, okay. It looks yeah. smaller, though. I think maybe this this is the precursor to 
toga pee possibly maybe you know, yeah even know. though th- that was an egg i don't really understand yeah that that's works, strange isn't are. it um yeah i don't know you might be right but in any case uh so uh yes the battler with T- togetic uh, another mm. pokemon the guys are going to be so jealous officer mitchell said <laughs> both <laughs> oh. officers denied gaming on duty telling the investigating detective officer Mitch, uh telling the investigating detective officer mitchell had been reading aloud from a text group of other players bragging about their scores detective mccallahan determined the petitioners were not being truthful the court documents say a subsequent board hearing into misconduct found the pair guilty of failing to respond to a robbery call, making misleading statements, failing to respond to the radio when contacted, playing Pokemon Go on duty, which is apparently on the list of yeah. uh, sins, uh, and making false statements under investigation. Uh, the, the petitioners admitted leaving their footbeat area in search of Snorlax, but they insisted they did so both as part of an extra patrol and to chase this mythical creature, according to the court. Strange. What a strange thing to say. That is um, The pair went to court for an appeal, but their case was rejected. Uh, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. So there you go. Wow. That's what a story. That's embarrassing. What an embarrassing way. What a stupid way to lose your job. The guys are going to be so jealous. <laughs> oh, no. Mm. Jesus Christ. Well, thanks, wow. everyone, for sending those uh, that story to us. That's um, weird. It is weird. Have you got some weird news, Ben? I have. This is from Nintendo Life. I hope you're ready. Yeah. Oh, random. Random. <laughs> this is from Kate Gray. Uh Random, AGDQ's Pokemon Crystal speedrun race ended in a written apology to Bulbasaur. Right. So here we are, that cover Pokemon, Pokemon heavy news. episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome Games Done Quick, the yearly speedrunning stream, is currently happening on Twitch. They're even on track to raise over $3 million, perhaps even approaching 2020's record of $3.13 million for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. Mm. We've already seen speedruns of Mega Man 2, Chikori, A Colourful Tale, and Sonic Adventure DX Director's Cut, but arguably the highlight today could have been the three-way Pokemon Crystal race that's also a key item randomizer run. What does that mean? Mm. Well, Kaiseron, Shenanigans, and 360 Chrism all try to beat the game. The main requirement is to beat beat Red, who is not, not the... Not the game Pokemon Red, but actually the, there's the a character in it called Red, yeah. Uh, uh, but with all key items, like the bike fishing rods and SS ticket, have have been shuffled. That makes it quite hard to complete the game in order, because several locations will require specific key items to access. Uh-huh. When the run was about two-thirds of the way through, Shenanigans was in the lead, gym badge-wise, but then he made the mistake of bad-mouthing Bulbasaur, because apparently choosing Bulbasaur as a, as a starter makes your speedrun significantly slower than the other two starters. If we reach 900k during the run, I'll write a written apology, he said, and the AGDQ staff added it as a milestone. <laughs> An hour later, Kaiseron won the race, beating the game in 2 hours, 12 minutes and 39 seconds. 360 Chrism came second with a time of 2 hours, 17.04. And then, well, the chat came third, reaching that 900,000 milestone before Shenanigans was able to finish, making him fourth place in a three-player race. Ouch. <laughs> 
So now he has to apologize to Bulbasaur in writing. Serves him right. As yet, we haven't had the written apology, by the way, but there we are. AGDQ, a very good thing. And uh, someone's got to apologize to Bulbasaur because he's too slow, apparently. Mm. Oh, well, uh, I kind of wonder why he picked him. Maybe they all had to pick a different starter or something. Maybe. Uh, maybe maybe the starters are randomized as well. Yes, that could be it. But they also do a lot of... uh, donation-based goal things, they do. don't they? So yeah. it could be, donate this much before the stream and this guy will play as Bulbasaur yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, there we are. I've not, I've not watched any yet. I've been looking Have forward to it. It sort of, it kind of creeps up on you, I think, that AGDQ and SGDQ, people just sort of tell me like, oh, did you know that starts next weekend? I'm like, oh, no, I didn't, but that's great. Um, but uh, so I'll be heading to the YouTube channel kind of in, in my evenings this week and just watching the VODs, I think. Um, mm. Let's move on to another question. Question three comes from Stephen Norrie. Thank you, Stephen. Mm, well, I thanked you before reading it. It could be a really rubbish Whoa. question. Uh, with AGDQ currently running, what is your opinion of speedrunning? Is it a worthwhile endeavour that you'd like to get involved in? Or is it a weird curio that you can't get your head around even trying? Also, what types of speedrunning, if any, appeal to you most? Glitch-driven, boundary-breaking extravaganzas, or just really tight gameplay uh, within the developer-defined confines? Thank you, Stephen. That was Thank a good you. question. It was great. Uh, I love watching speedruns of games that I know. I love seeing, uh, you know, sequence breaking and out of bounds and interesting glitches that I'm unfamiliar with. I don't really get a great deal out of watching um, speedruns for games that I'm unfamiliar with unless they are quite glitch heavy and you can clearly see some of the the crazy stuff that's going on. But even then, I think it's quite nice... If you're familiar with the progression of a game and the story and the levels that you ordin- and the, or the areas you would normally have to move through, I think mm. it's fun to know like, oh, you should you should have had to go through there and you didn't have to. And, you know, you, you only have a true understanding of that with games that you're familiar with, even if I mean, on um, Games Done Quick, which, as we talked about in Weird News, is uh, a charity uh, marathon where loads of people street uh, speed run loads of games Um they have people commentating. They have the people on the couch who will walk you through as a viewer what's happening. So you will have an understanding, even with games you're not familiar with, of uh, some of the things that are being done. But uh, I think there's a lot more to be uh, gained from watching a, a game that you're familiar with. So, yeah, that's one thing. Um, in terms of trying it myself, try it yourself. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would would fancy it in a kind of it certainly wouldn't become an active hobby of mine i mean we sort of jokingly do speed runs or talk of doing speed runs of worst games ever because uh some of those games are stupidly short or there's just like ridiculous exploits that are really obvious you don't have to be a speed runner or a member of the community to know so uh you know in in that sense we sort of jokingly talk about speed running but in terms of taking it seriously and sitting down and learning lots of tricks and stuff uh I don't know if I have the patience and I think I just enjoy it far more as a spectator sport. I think if I did sit down and really force myself to learn a certain game I think I would you know pick it up and might be okay at it but mm-hmm. um I I'd certainly just prefer to watch it and I've said before as well that I think we've we've been asked in the past uh, what 
games we would speed run if we had to. If someone said, you've got to learn to speed run a game, what will you do? Uh, the one thing I would never do is learn to speed run a game that is very dear to me. You know, that actually seems perhaps like a good one to choose because you're going to be playing a lot of it over and over again. So it has to be something you enjoy and it, it ought to be something you're already familiar with mechanically because then you might be able to pick up some of the tricks better and so on and so forth. But I think it would have a negative effect on how much you enjoy that game. I think you would mm -hmm. just get sick of it. You would, uh, you know, you would become overly familiar with, you know, the example I always give is Spyro 1, which is a game that has a really fun speed run and I love watching it. But I know that part of that speed run is knowing the location of every single gem. And I still don't know the exact location of every single gem. And so I still play through Spyro 1 in a fairly kind of natural way where I'm just like, oh yeah, there's probably some over here and I think there might be some this way. But the people who speed run that game, they literally have like, it's like a dot to dot, you know, they just know exactly what vector to follow from point to point to point. And I think it, at that point it just becomes mechanical and a bit a bit soulless. Um, it's still interesting and, and probably very fun to do when you're very good at it. But it, uh, it becomes a whole different game then. I don't think you can enjoy it for its story and its world and its characters and its general gameplay. I think you only... I think it reduces your enjoyment of that game to did I do the trick right and how's my time and have I gained any any time on that? You know, I, in, at that point, I might as well be playing an F1 game, I think, and, you know, just trying to get the best lap. So right. I would rather pick something that isn't so dear to me so it's not going to become too soulless and mindless mm -hmm. um what about you ben have you ever thought about speed running well the thing is peter we are we've already speed run haven't we we've already we done have. speed run and yeah. uh, we were world record holders for a while there in the yeah. sniper two so mm -hmm. i think you'll find actually that we are we are already we are speed runners very yeah. well traveled speed runners uh, i love watching speed runs though especially when the runner is explaining what they're doing mm. and i think GDQ and AGDQ are especially good for that, not only because they have a team of people with them that can provide additional context, but also they have to behave themselves. It's always such a gamble. It's almost like when you watch meme compilations from like random channels and occasionally there'll be like some videos chucked in there that you're just a bit like, oh, that's kind yeah. of horrible. You know, mm. that's, that's just bullying. You know, that's not funny. Um, and so sometimes... I'll, I'll find a speedrun and the, the person speedrunning it is just like kind of a dick. Yeah. <laughs> and like they're doing commentary and you're just like, this is really putting me off. And AGDQ and GDQ, they, they've all got to, you know, behave and there's no swearing. And it's just, I just find it's a very wholesome way to experience that side of gaming. It could be the same runner who you might have seen on their own channel and then you see them on GDQ or the other way around generally is how it goes. Like I'll, I'll, discover a new speedrunner on agdq and i'll be like oh this i like this this is great and they might check out their channel and when they're just on twitch with their own audience they are like completely different to how they were yeah. on on the stream yeah absolutely uh it's it's definitely not something that i can dedicate the time to mm. even the idea of replaying the same game endlessly makes me feel a bit sick yeah just because I barely have enough time to play all the games I want to play anyway. If I were just to obsessively play Shrek Treasure Hunt, you know, to get the best times, I think I'd go insane. I think yeah. I'd actually go mad. So I can't, no, absolutely not. 
Um, but in terms of the ones that I like watching, it's got to be a game that I enjoy. I love a good Soulsborne speed run. I love a Pokemon speed run. Uh, I really enjoyed watching Deathloop being absolutely destroyed over the weekend. Yeah, I've um, watched um, uh, Hello Brain. What was the the, the t- uh, Dishonored? I've watched Dishonored, Dishonored speed runs before, and they're fantastic to watch. Yeah. Yeah, Deathloop especially, because there's so many things that you have to go through so many cycles to unlock just as part of the, you know, the game's natural progression. Mm. That seeing them be able to clip through walls and access and interact with things that they shouldn't be able to access until much later, which then skips them ahead huge portions of the game. Yeah. It's super impressive. Like it's really interesting. They I think they ended up beating that game in like twenty-eight minutes or something wow. stupid like that. It's insane. And it's always really fascinating. Not only to see Hey, it's actually faster to constantly slide everywhere. Or hey, it's constant. It's it's actually faster to jump forwards, but at sort of a a forty five degree angle. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, the actual massive, great big skips where you just cut out huge chunks of the game. Like it's 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 always very very interesting. I, I find mm. it fascinating. Yeah, personally. But uh, the no, uh, I'd never do it. The Halo Three speed run is pretty good because that en- that game engine is really has some quite interesting physics and momentum stuff you can really like build up and master chief can take quite a beating especially if you pick up overshields and stuff like that so they they do some really fun stuff where they're using like vehicles like going full whack and like slamming into things or they're using grenades and rockets and gravity hammers and launching themselves over walls they shouldn't be able to get to that's super fun because yeah it's quite a some some interesting physics in that engine but you talk mm-hmm. about the fastest way to move um you know I, I in terms of listing games that i like to watch i i really like old ps1 games obviously i like watching my spiros and my crashes and uh you know 3d platformers like that but i would never certainly i would never even bother trying to speed run uh certainly crash three and i think two and possibly even crash one i don't know if it applies for crash one but the fastest way to move in that game is called zigzagging and it's something that occurs quite often in 3d platformers of that era where if you're moving basically if you've got two directions pressed down on the d-pad rather than one if you're going at a diagonal you're moving slightly faster um so zigzagging in crash bandicoot is running forwards and jumping but while you're in the air you're holding down forwards and then with forwards still held down you're quickly going left right left right left right left just over and over again left right left right and his his uh, character model is like wiggling constantly forwards mm-hmm. and imagine just doing that for an hour just wiggling your thumb kind of over the d-pad left and right left and right while holding down forward the whole time i just yeah i I can't begin to to just imagine doing that for that long it it sounds horrendous so it really does yeah it's very impressive though and you should all go check out uh the youtube channel for games done quick if uh if the streams have indeed ended by that point i think they will go through this week maybe i'm not entirely sure but uh so yeah. go go check them out. There's, there'll be loads of vods up of some really interesting speed runs. So, and maybe support the support the charity. Absolutely, go support the channel. T- uh, ch- channel T- ch- charity. It's a great cause. Yeah. Shall we move on to Let's. something huge? Huge. Let's yes. say the big discussion. Big discussion. 
It's big discussion time, time for the big discussion. This week's big discussion comes courtesy of Jim Jam SummerSlam, who says, Bienvenue, BAP. With PSVR 2 being announced with impressive spec, Oculus having multiple hardware options and a whole host of other companies rumoured to be joining the market, is it fair to say VR has left the fad stage and fully established itself? I've loved my PSVR, but it but still feels like big studios aren't giving the medium the respect it has earned. Many thankfuls for all the great content, you lovely bunch. It's a shame Ashton's not here for this, actually, because she's played quite a bit of VR yeah. on PC. Uh, mm. She was a big fan of, ooh, what's it called? Half-Life Alex. that's the she one. She was. Um, yeah. Whereas you and I have a little bit more limited experience. But mm. what do you think, Peter? I, I don't think it's enough to say that it's now left the fad stage. I think it's good that, you know, it's sort of... People are still giving it, another, I mean, developers, I should say, are giving it another go um, hardware-wise and saying, you know, PSVR 2 and, you know, Oculus is is still still ticking over. That's all good news um, for the medium. Uh, but I, I don't... It, it really just comes down to the games being developed for it. And I guess Half-Life Alex is a good, um, you know, that that is a good sign because people talk a lot about... That being a very good game, uh, as you say, we've not we're not familiar with it. Or we've certainly not played it anyway, so we can't say for sure. But uh, I know that people say good things about it. So, um, you know, the the more that actual software developers, game developers, put into it, the better. But uh, I I think the news of PSVR two, for example, in and of itself, is not enough to say that it's left the fad stage. I think that we're in my limited experience we're yet to see really a game or certainly multiple games where the vr doesn't feel like a a fad or a gimmick um that's not to say that those games aren't enjoyable you know i quite like some of the more kind of experience based ones where you know you are batman you know the the batman game for example it wasn't hugely complex or interesting or or mind-blowing but it's just no but but i am batman you know so that's it that's that's all that matters hello i am batman uh Mm. and you know even the shark tank and things like that and and walking that the plank on the on the building which you sometimes see set up in like shopping centers and stuff yes uh, things like that they're good they're interesting i like them i enjoy them but they're not they they don't they're not beyond the fad stage certainly and uh until i see or we see some more substantial games um i think it's difficult to say whether we've left that uh that whole area um but you know that being said it's a difficult bit of kit to develop for you know it's it's very hard to come up with a decent movement system um in terms of walking around a 3D space, uh, it's difficult even just to come up with ways to aim or turn your head. Like the uh, the Resident Evil 7 VR uh, had a, a kind of a strange uh, right stick mechanic, if you can call it that, where you, you could turn in like sort of 10 degree chunks if you wanted to. Like it would flick around at kind of hours of the clock or something. Um or there was a, or you could kind of like use your head, but then obviously if you want to turn around behind you, you would have to like flick a button. You couldn't just 
spin your head all the way around like an owl. So it, it's unfortunately just by the very nature of the the way it works, um, it's difficult to develop certain kinds of games for. And uh, you know, we're in an era now where a lot of the greatest games of any given console, you know, whether it's Breath of the Wild or whether it's God of War or whether it's Halo, they are games where you are moving around a 3D space as a as a human being. And it's difficult to do that in VR. Um, mm-hmm. You know, driving games perhaps translate a bit better in VR, but then they can quite, uh, they, they can cause motion sickness in uh, a shorter time than uh, perhaps you being a human being can. So uh, it's difficult on the part of the game developers, I think. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm just waiting for now. I can't say for sure whether we're any further beyond the fad or gimmick stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? I think it's moved beyond a fad and a gimmick, but I don't think it's going to get the mainstream respect that it deserves for a while yet not until it's because inherently it's just something that's a bit of a pain in the ass like Mm. it's a pain to set up you need to buy the headset but you also need something for the headset to work with be it a pc or a ps5 or a ps4 you know it it can't just i mean there's vr for phones but it's not obviously it's not as good um you know with the cardboard thing strapped to your head or whatever I don't think we're there yet, but we're still moving in the right direction. It is a huge show of faith that Sony has decided to double down on VR. Definitely, yeah. Um, their VR headset, VR One, if you if you will, I believe is is still the the best selling VR headset ever. Um, right. Which is kind of shocking when you consider that you need a a PS4 as well. But maybe that's enough for people. You know, a lot of people who play games get consoles because they don't associate games with pc that's not to say pc isn't a platform for games obviously but the the layman or laywoman or lay other Mm. may well just associate games with well that's the game box i play my games on the game box and that's why they get a console and so when a vr headset comes along and they think oh i'll try that then they've already got the box so why not just get the the headset for that that might be why it sold so well I have had a PSVR since launch and I played it a lot when it came out and I put it away when I moved back up to Newcastle at the beginning of 2019 and it is still in its box mm-hmm. and I have it, honestly it's the it's the prospect of setting it up that I can't be asked with yeah. and there's so many great games on there I loved uh, the London Heist mm. and Blood and Truth is the full game version of that and I've heard it's outstanding but I I have not been bothered to set it up yet. And I think there's still a big barrier for a lot of people where not only is there a sizable uh, chunk of, of, of the potential audience who will just get sick playing it, no matter what, it's just not going to work for them, uh, but also a lot of people maybe just don't want it. Like, they're not ready for VR. They're quite happy playing things on their sofa. I don't know that VR will ever have the parity of, as you described it, Peter, you know, the the game of the uh, game of the year award winning no third person action game or what have you you know that you get in the console space i don't know that that will necessarily ever happen and if it does it's probably still not going to be played by that many people um i'm still confident that at some point someone is going to come along and find a use for vr invent some sort of whole new genre of game that is just absolutely not possible in any other medium 
other than VR and it's going to blow us all away. I'd say Beat Saber is kind of like that. You know, that's that's a game that is not possible anywhere else. And Superhot's really cool, but you can also play Superhot without VR. It's not quite as cool, but it's still possible. Mm. Um, So maybe the more of those games that we see, the more that will shift. Um, I just hope that, especially in the case of Sony, they don't leave VR 2 to die because there was almost no first-party support for PlayStation VR 1. Mm. There were a few great games, but you didn't see any of the big franchises on there. And the idea of having Horizon is a really big deal. But at the same time, again, going back to it's never going to be like God of War or what have you, it does sort of, without knowing too much about it already, it does kind of feel like we'll probably just be getting Horizon's less interesting brother, you know? Yeah. Maybe on rails, maybe not, but not quite the, the, the sense of freedom and exploration that the the proper game is able to evoke um and a full-blown experience you know it, it may just not be possible or desired for on vr and it's nice to see a, a proper first party franchise making the leap but I, I do worry that it'll end up being more of a more of an experience than a game um yeah so to to go back to the start of your question uh jim jam summer slam <laughs> I do think VR has moved beyond a fad, but I don't know that the general gaming public is is quite ready or in a position potentially even to afford to to accept it yeah. as part of their daily video game playing. Well, that's part of the that's the thing about the the general video game public and and the layman as you talked about is I I don't think necessarily people who are working on vr games and hardware the goal might not even be ever or certainly not now to produce your sort of game of the year god of war breath of the wild sort of game that might not be the intention because i think they perhaps know well that's not really what this is or certainly not yet but unfortunately the the general gamer and the layman sort of just thinks that is what gaming is you know it's games like that that they're that's what they're in it for and that's you know they they perhaps don't want to venture out into more experimental territory or indie games or you know unusual stuff so perhaps that's another barrier is that the people involved in developing the hardware and the, and the software for vr aren't yet in a position or even or don't even yet have the intention to create the kind of game that is likely to appeal to the mass market. So, um, you know, that's uh, an unfortunate thing. But, um, yeah, I think we'll we'll just have to see, as you say, um, see how Sony treat PSVR 2. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope that it gets the love it deserves. But uh, I think you're right. It's just it can be a bit of a faff to set up. And uh, there's the, the price point as well, you know. Um, it's the same with any hardware or any console if there's not, it, it, you know, if, if it doesn't have the library of games to play on it, can you justify spending the money on buying the kit? And I mean, at the moment, I mm-hmm. certainly can't. I would, I wouldn't buy a PSVR right now, even with the the library that it's got, um, because I think, yeah, there are there are some there are a handful of good looking games on it that I know I would enjoy, and I, I have enjoyed a few of them, um, but. I just don't think it's at the moment got the the kind of staying power. It would just go back into a box for me, like like yours has for now. And mm. then uh, you know, I wouldn't. I don't think I would be getting the full worth out of it. Yeah, 
VR is going to be and mean different things to different people. Mm. Uh, for me, as I realized, having had it, you know, in a box for its uh, entering its third year in a box now. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely something I like. I really like VR and I see its potential and I think it's super cool. But it's the kind of thing that I want to go to a friend's house and and just have a play with. It's not something that I want to sit there all afternoon and wear every day. Mm, yeah, it's yeah. it's just not. It's such a difficult balance to strike because I think it's I think it's amazing, but until it's like super easy to set up and it's not cumbersome at all to wear, and I know the Quest is definitely making big strides in that arena. I just I just can't be bothered with it if that makes sense like i just can't be asked i would much rather sit on a sofa and play a game on my tv comfortable as anything without loads of cables everywhere Mm. um and even you know if it was cable free i'd still rather sit there and play a game normally and then maybe spend a couple of hours at a friend's house playing through the latest you know horizon experience or whatever and then the horizon game may end up being way more than i'm giving it credit for but we'll see uh, than actually owning one myself. I bought PSVR at launch, and I'm glad I did. I don't regret that decision at all. But PSVR 2 is going to have to really, really do the hard sell to to get me on board this time, even though, as uh, Jim Jam points out, the, the specs look really, really nice. They do, yeah, yeah. I think what says it all for me is that if I had, I mean, and this is not taking into account the cost because this is ridiculous, but if I had a, a 360-degree treadmill... Or if everyone did, mm-hmm. if that was part of the whole package and we put the price to one side for now and, uh, you know, companies were able to develop games where you can just run a, run around in a world in VR, that would be a, a literal game changer for me. I think I'd be far more interested. But I think just the both the, the sensation as a player of knowing that you're kind of limited you know, you don't want to move around too much and whoops, don't trip over the coffee table, or which hopefully you've moved out of the way. Um, and and then also the the limitation on the part of the developer to think, well, we can't, we can't do this idea or that idea because we've got this player kind of pinned in one area or we'd have to come up with an interesting movement mechanic where they're not moving their bodies. I think those two things combined um, are a, a huge kind of barrier at this point for creating perhaps the kind of games that I would be interested in playing uh, in VR and perhaps a lot of other people in the general uh, market as well. But, you mm-hmm. know, also who the hell can afford to have a 360-degree treadmill in their house? Not me. And also, would you want to come home from work and do that? Would you not um, want to just sit down? And again, would it not be sort of like a an oddity, something that you would go somewhere for? Like, I've booked in for three hours to have a go on this cool treadmill thing. I don't know if I want that in my living room, and I certainly don't know that I want to finish a day of work and then run around in VR, you know? I think I'm the other way around. I think the worst thing for me would be having it in my living room. Uh, right. It, you know, this massive thing. So again, I'm, I'm not only am I putting price aside, but I'm putting aside the fact that, yeah, you would have a monolith in your lounge. Um, but but what I would... I think what, what I wouldn't mind doing is playing a game like that. If it was like a proper you know, a, a sort of triple-A or double-A style game where it, it's it's kind of the, the same sorts of experiences as what we're getting currently on PS5, um, but you've got a headset on and you're running around. The, the way you move your characters is by running around uh, on this thing. 
I think I'd be really up for that. I'm sure some days I wouldn't want to come home and start physically running around. But um, yeah, I, I just really like the idea of, I think I would, it's the immersion really. I think that would just completely up the immersion factor for me is just being able to move around that world um, mm. in that way uh, rather than flicking thumbsticks in my hand, even though my head and my eyes are in that world, but my feet aren't and my hands are controlling my feet. I think it's just, there's a, a strange disconnect there that um, that's why it still feels like a, a fad or a gimmick to me. It just doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't quite deliver the experience that it wants to deliver because you don't really feel like you are in a virtual reality in, in the truest sense. It's, mm-hmm. it's certainly a good experience. Don't get me wrong, but um, you know, I guess what I'm saying is I want a Star Trek hollow deck in my house. That's what I want. Yeah, we all want that. Yeah, that would be good. Well, there we are. Let us know what you think of VR and the future of it and all the other things that we've spoken about this week. And you can do that in a variety of ways. Peter's going to tell you where to find us and how to interact with us. Indeed, you can head to youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump to see all of our video content and our live streams. Uh, if you've got Amazon Prime, you get a Twitch sub with that, did you know? So you can spend that on us. It won't cost you anything extra, but you'll get all the usual benefits. Uh, when we're streaming on both Twitch and YouTube, we're modded by Lord Brotovich, Trowling Badger and Mr. Black. Uh, we have social media over at twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Thank you to Fraser for looking after both of those. Um, we've got video announcements on both um, and uh, occasional Facebook lives on Facebook. We've not done one for a while, but hopefully we'll we'll do. I keep meaning to tell Fraser we should do one at some point. But yes. anyway, uh, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump is where you can go to look at all of our Patreon rewards. And we have got a website, triplej.mup. That's triplej.mp. You can go to triplej.mup forward slash discord, uh, where we are modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Hollowise. Um, triplej.mup forward slash podcast will take you directly to an audio form uh, audio version of the podcast if you're watching on YouTube right now uh, if you want to see our live stream VODs you can go to triplej.mup forward slash VODs that will take you to our YouTube channel where we have the VODs uploaded uh, and finally triplejumpshop.com is where you can have a look at all of our merch um, and you can follow at triplejumpshop on Twitter to get the latest announcements pertaining to new merch drops you can follow peter and ashton on instagram and twitter at that peter austin and at scrambled ashton and myself just on twitter at confused underscore dude we do lists every monday tuesday wednesday and thursday streams every monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday thursday being the joint streams plays it on YouTube, Monday to Friday, the other weekdays being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly, Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday. We do shows all the bloody time. Go check them out. Why not leave a five-star review on iTunes or your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. Obviously, please go and follow that. We'd really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, There's a new episode of Weirdest Games Ever this week. Uh, there is, yeah. If you uh, are a member of our $5 Patreon uh, tier, you will have already seen it. But for everyone else, you will see it on YouTube on Sunday. It's, uh, I think I can say what it is. It's A Dog's Life. Uh, mm. So that's coming tomorrow. In fact, it's just called Dog's Life, I think, not A Dog's Life. <laughs> um, but, dog's uh, Life. 
boy, it's it's a weird game. We were aware of it. Well, we've been aware of it uh, for a long time. It's got a good speed run, by the way. And they speed it? speed ran it a long time ago on uh, Games Done Quick. So if you look back on their channel or search their channel, you'll find an interesting speed run. But um, uh, yeah, interesting game. Very weird. Uh, and we had a very unusual glitch happen as well. Yes, we did. Definitely um, an emulator quirk. Yeah. Uh, also, Ben... Uh, yes, I we, made a note of this on my end as well. <laughs> okay, uh, we are uh, hiring uh, freelance a new video editor. Um, mm. So you can head to triplej.mup uh, to look at that. It's probably triplej.mup forward slash careers or something. But I think Adam yep. is currently rebuilding the careers page. So don't quote me on that, but just mm-hmm. head to the website and it will be uh, navigable there. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure we'll have tweeted about it as well. So you'll be able to find it somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, we're, we're hiring um, a freelance video editor. You can work from wherever you are. So that's a remote position. Um, and uh, yeah, get get in touch if you're interested. Absolutely. Get involved. We need some lists editing. And if you we think do. you're up to the task, get in touch. Get in touch. Finally, it's episode 150 next week. Don't know if we'll do anything special, but the fact we made it to 150 is quite impressive. So thank mm. you, everybody, for all of your support yeah. over the past 149 episodes. This one included, obviously. And there we are. It's just time. It is just time. It is. <laughs> to uh, read the sponsor once again before we say goodbye. And that is, of course, Verizon Fork Children Best. Indeed. Verizon Fork Children Best. Fork Children Best. Yes, that works, I think. I think it does too. I'm pretty Good. impressed by that. Cool. All right, well, we're going to go now. Look after yourselves, everybody. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.